today we come to Philippians chapter 3. The, the chapter uh, is a natural follow-up to the last one. In chapter 2, Paul emphasized how we're to work out our own salvation and to take seriously our commitment to follow Christ in humble service and obedience. Well, now in chapter 3, uh, Paul will make every clarification needed to show that our obedience is definitely um, as working out of our salvation, not a working for it. And Paul uses his own testimony as evidence that no amount of obedience, as blameless as it may be in our eyes, is able to earn the favor of God. Only uh, Christ's obedience is sufficient to earn our salvation. So this chapter will put our obedience in proper perspective before it renews the exhortation. Um, so let's think first about rubbish. <laughs> rubbish. In the early verses of the chapter, Paul itemizes the different spiritual and religious accomplishments that he had before he came to faith in Christ. He says uh, he was circumcised on the eighth day according to the requirement of the law, then, then being identified with the covenant people of God. And in his uh, religious conduct, he was a Hebrew of Hebrews, verse 6. And Paul wasn't content simply to be a model Hebrew, but even to be a, a teacher of the law as a Pharisee, verse 6, what he called the the strictest party of our religion in Acts 26, 5. He considered himself outwardly to be blameless in the eyes of the law uh, and was even a zealous persecutor of the church because he viewed Christians as, a, as living in constant violation of God's holy law. Um, as he told the Galatians in Galatians 1, 14, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age and among my own people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my people. So in a nutshell, Paul was serious about his religion and genuinely felt he was earning and had received the favor of God on his life because of it. But when the Lord met him blindingly on the road to Damascus, Paul began to see all those things in the proper light. He realized in that moment that, as he says in verses 7 and 8, uh, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. In fact, he said, I count them as rubbish. He realized in that moment that no matter how blameless he appeared outwardly, his heart was still black with sin, and his only hope was to gain Christ and be found in him. That's verses 8 and 9. So that he could receive, according to verse 9, a righteousness which comes through faith in Christ. Jesus Christ has come and has earned what we could never earn for ourselves. He, ha he has come and, and as a man, uh, given God the perfect life of righteousness and obedience that we would never give him ourselves. That is why Paul says there is now, in verse 9, a righteousness from God available to all who put their faith in Christ and follow him. Hence, Paul says in verse 9, it depends on faith. We've seen and we will continue to see that our own obedience and goodness is, is important as evidence of genuine spiritual life and faith, but as a basis for our hope of salvation and, and as a our obedience as a hope of earning God's favor, it's about as worthless as a pail of rubbish. But let's think finally about mature thinking. Uh, having put their hope again squarely on the righteousness of Jesus, he renews his exhortation for them to walk obediently and, according to verse 16, hold true to what we have attained. Paul uh, tells the Philippians in his own desire to press on, verses 12 through 16, by forgetting what lies behind and, and straining toward what lies ahead. And then he ur urges them in verse 17, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Knowing, as verse uh, 20 will say, that our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Our goal is to follow him and honor him in every way until that day. What caught my attention in this whole section is what he says in verse 15. He says in verse 15, let those of us who are mature think this way. What I'm getting at is it is a sign of spiritual maturity to know that we are not there yet (laughs) and to know that while we will be like him when Jesus appears, according to 1 John 3, 2, he has not yet appeared and we are not yet like him. Spiritual pride is spiritual immaturity. Spiritual maturity is humbly accepting the reality of the stronghold our sin still has over us in terms of our daily living and living daily lives of ongoing repentance and faith. Think this way, Paul says. That's a mature way of thinking. Just a few thoughts from Philippians chapter 3.